Hey everyone, you're listening to Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little. This podcast is dedicated to having the real, raw, and the occasional ridiculous chats about everything that we seem to think, but don't say. Very little is off limits. Sit back, enjoy, and let's get started. Today's episode is sponsored by Combat Beauty's Apparel. Remember, you are the lyric, melody, beat to a song unwritten, and you are the awaiting solution to a problem. Remember, you are the loudest voice in the room. Make sure to check them out in support of military and veteran sexual assault advocacy programs, and make sure to order on combatbeautiesapparel.com. So I am in Fort Leavenworth, Kansas right now, visiting Sam in prison. And um, every day that I've gone to see him from this trip and my last trip, there have been not a lot of other visitors, but a few each time, different people. Because most of the guys in prison here, as a military prison, they aren't from here. So to get a visitor, they have to do like I did and, you know, travel. 20 hours and uh, it's a pain and it's a lot of money but the ones that I have talked to it's just astonishing that we all share the same story hey listeners if you're sitting here and you're married and you're a parent you're a mother you have a spouse you have a partner you're used to seeing them every single day talking about your day what happened what was the highlight what was the low point But what if something happened in your life, in your four walls, that your spouse, that your loved one, that your partner was wrongfully convicted and put into prison for something they didn't do? Can you imagine what your day-to-day would look like? What would it look like for you? Please make sure to listen to this new and special episode, part one and part two. Part one, I am so honored to have not only the spouse, Ashley, but as well Arvis Owens from Would You Care coming up this episode to give a little detail about how often this happens and make sure to follow back up for part two for Sam's special story. Hey guys, we are back with yet another episode of Little Bit of Life Podcast with Little, and I have two amazing guests, one you've already heard from, Arvis Owens. Yes, we are doing a part two sequel to the convictions and consequences and the wrongfully convicted in the military. We already heard Arvis on that first initial episode speaking about his experience, but also being the voice for his company of of the Would You Care. If you haven't checked him out, make sure you check him out on Facebook, and yes, we got them on Instagram. Look at that. And when we, when we really focus on his experience and what happened with his life and then what life looked like after, it really kind of sparked this conversation, not only with myself as a host for this podcast, but also with listeners that were interacting. So I want to welcome in Arvis. Welcome back. And I want to welcome in Ashley as well for this episode. How are you guys doing today? Hi. Great. Arvis, I had such an amazing podcast episode recording with you. The feedback has been incredible. This is something in the military that most think, but they don't know, obviously, how often this is happening. And then, like I said, what life looks like after. So we have Ashley on with us. Would you like to give her her grand introduction since you know her so well? <laughs> I would. Th- thank you so much, Tabitha. Um, Ashley Fye is an amazing woman. Um she is a military spouse and a mom. Uh, she's got an incredible story. 
She is courageous. She is brave. She is smart beyond all compare. Um, she has graciously uh, been willing to come on your show and tell the story from her side, because I think a lot of people think about it from the service member side, but the spouse really uh, bears the, the, the primary load, the primary burden. And I think when you, when you hear her story, I think you'll understand it a little bit better and come closer to the conclusion that we really need to go after these type of situations and correct them and, and make sure that justice prevails. So Ashley, five, amazing person. She's in North Carolina. Uh, and I'm just going to shut up and let her tell her story and thank her again for, for being strong enough and brave enough to come tell her story. Well, thank you. <laughs> With your family experience, what has life looked like um, for you from the very start? Kind of just give listeners a little bit of a backstory about your life and kind of everything that you are and continue to go through on the day to day. Um. Well, before I say anything, I wanted to start by saying I am very nervous to sound like I would ever make light of a sexual assault. Um, I have been raped, and I would never do that. As much as I am so hurt for my husband right now, I'm disgusted that the military court system is so easily used as a weapon. All right, I just, I'm very worried about sounding like I'm trying to take away from true victims. Um, but these false accusations are diminishing and discrediting those true victims. Mm -hmm. And every time a false accuser wins is a loss for real victims. It's been awful. Um, my husband's name is Sam, and he is about 20 hours away, and he's been gone since January. And I've only been able to see him twice because it's a big trip. And between the two of us, we have five kids, and probably they won't get to see him while he's gone because it's such a huge trip. Sam has always been supportive of me staying home with my daughter. She is almost four, and she's autistic, and she needs a lot of attention and care. And he's always been very supportive of that, so... Kind of overnight, we went from having one income to zero income. We weren't really prepared because we did not think this was going to happen. And we were assured repeatedly that this was not going to happen. I fought hard in the court system to be able to keep my daughter at home every day. My kids are all with my ex-husband. And... I fought hard to be able to keep her every day and out of daycare, even on his days of custody. And that is very much in jeopardy right now um, because I have to earn money. It's been hard on all of us. You know, my kids, with my divorce, we've all been through a lot and they had a stable environment. Finally, we were all happy, things were good. And then 
it was just kind of ripped away from us. This had been in the works for two years. So it wasn't like something sprung on us, but in this two-year process, we were assured that there was nothing, nothing was going to come of it. We were not prepared in any way. And I know women do this all the time, but it's just been a lot at once to figure out. A lot of, as much as I say, I don't care what people think, I am judged a lot. Mm-hmm. People have a lot of support, but people don't know what the truth is because they don't know everything mm-hmm. that I know. They don't, they weren't there. They didn't hear it all. And people probably think a lot like I used to that people who aren't guilty don't go to prison. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I get a lot of judgment for that and that my kids will be around a person who's going to be on the sex registry probably for the rest of his life um and that affects all of us like they're not going to be able to have friends over they're not gonna have them at school functions there's always going to be a negative stigma on our family there's no way it doesn't affect all of us and that's why we have you on this podcast because having arvis's story initially come out and having people see not only yes there there's always a situation especially with courts but when you go into the aspect of a military court all rules go out the window everything has changed drastically and when there's false accusations it not only just affects the person that is accused but it affects and it is a ripple effect for the entire family the entire community and then every person that that person has been wrongfully accused has had interactions with the community. Arvis mentioned this on his episode as well. Your neighbors, going to school, being a parent, raising your children, and then what that looks like. Well, not only you are representing your partner through this process, but you're also having to defend your family when you know that your loved one has been wrongfully accused. So we have you on today so that listeners can hear and feel not only the hardship that goes on within the four walls, walls of your home, but it's not just contained within your home that you have to struggle and defend yourself and your family. It's a ripple effect. So with Arvis, especially with your experience with Ashley, can you give us a little bit of a backstory of kind of how this initially happened? And Ashley, you can go ahead and chime in for our listeners, um, just so we can kind of start at the beginning and and see what occurred um, and then kind of what led you to where you are today and having to do everything all on your own. So, so perfect. So I want to just applaud Ashley again for coming on board and, and just have your listeners just imagine how challenging this is to come out and bear your soul in front of people you don't know. Um, it can be embarrassing. All of that emotion comes forward. Ashley is incredibly brave. And I want to thank you again for taking the time to do this. And I'd like to, to do a little bit of, of Sam's story, if that's okay, and, and have Ashley chime in, if that makes sense. It's Sam was, his accuser uh, happened to be his ex-wife. Mm-hmm. And, and most people, your, your listeners are wondering, well, well Arvis, why do you think um, this guy is not guilty? Why do you think he's innocent? 
um, he's got recordings. And so in his case, he's got recordings where his ex admitted to physically abusing him. He went to a family advocacy program to complain about the abuse he was experiencing with his wife. And they discouraged him from filing a report because men don't file reports against women. He went to a senior person in his chain of command. Again, he was dissuaded from coming forward. And his, uh, his ex at the time also uh, teased him about, about coming forward and making charges. He's got a recording where she does, she's, she's teasing him. She's admitting that she physically abused him. And, and yet she's teasing him for coming forward and saying something about it. And also on these recordings and text messages, she asks for a certain type of behavior uh, that a lot of people would be shocked to hear is um, she, she liked rape fantasies. I mean, it, it's sad to say, but that's, and, and again, between consenting adults, everyone has different fantasies and things like that. She sent messages where she asked for certain things. In fact, the, the thing that he was convicted of, he had proof that she, she had asked for that. And then her memory got a little sketchy. And, and with the recordings, the military refused to play the recordings where she admits the things that she's doing. She admits asking for that. The military refused to play those recordings for both the jury and the judge. And now here is the crazy thing. Every recording she had, they played for the jury and the judge. But the recordings that Sam had, they put headphones on her and had her listen. She is admitting to abusing him. She's admitting to asking for acts. And yet we're saying Listen to the evidence. Listen to all of the evidence. Let the jury, let the judge make a decision based on the truth, based on evidence. But none of that occurred. And when you ask the military why they did that, they don't have an answer because they want convictions. And, and let me just tell you a little bit more about from Ashley's side is now the military has made her a single mom. She goes from stay at home mom to five children to where now she's got to go out and try to earn a living. Her daughter has a form of autism. So she's a prim primary care provider for her. She's going above and beyond. And if you were to meet Ava and listen to her, her development is extraordinary because her mother takes that extra time with her to make sure she's progressing at the rate she should. No one is going to have that effect on her like her mother can. But again, it's because the military system is designed to get convictions in this space. And they don't care about the ramifications. They don't care about the truth. And again, the, the listeners who hear this and who care about justice, who care about what's right, who join the military for the right reasons, believe in the military for all that is good about it, they want, no, I correct myself, they need to come forward and say no more and to, to implore the military to go back and fix these wrongs because it affects not only just these families, but the community at large. You said it yourself, Tabitha, it's birthday parties they never go to. The children and the spouses are ostracized, you know, at work, if they can find it, at school, in their neighborhoods. And in this country, it's sad to say that someone on the sex offender registry is killed every month. And so how is Ashley going to feel about her kids and herself at home? People may target her and come for her all because of false allegations. And again, we have the recordings. We have the evidence. 
We're just saying, why wouldn't the military allow the court to hear it? Why would they do this to try and get convictions regardless of what the evidence shows? And again, if you care about what's right, if you care about truth and justice, if you would care, if you would be falsely accused or someone you love, then we implore you to come forward, sign our petition, share it with everyone you know, and all we're asking for is for an independent review and for justice to be served. We talked about this on your episode, and for those listeners who have not tuned in yet, I highly suggest you can, if you're driving and you're listening to this podcast or you're at work or you're just, you have some downtime, I fully encourage you to hit pause right now and go to Arvis's episode and take a listen, because this is technically that sequel to that. This is talking about with especially the military, which is so sad because I just did another podcast about these men and women give their life and they give a vow to their country. So how are we protecting them back in return? And this isn't only just about protecting the soldiers and it's not just protecting those that are in the active military, but what are we doing to protect the families? And I asked you on that episode, is it is it still innocent until proven guilty or is it completely flipping now? And it's, you are guilty until you are proven innocent. So why is that coming into play within the military court, but it doesn't come into play in the civilian court? Well, Tabitha, I believe it was political pressure. Uh, There was a survey that came out in about 2009 and we all know from surveys, they take a snapshot and then they extrapolate about the group. So there was the belief that the military was not doing enough in the area for sexual assaults. And so there was immense political pressure uh, to do more. And in the, in the pressure to do more, the military wanted to show numbers. They wanted to show progress. They wanted to show we're, we're tackling this more aggressively than civilians would. And so there was a threat and we know, we know now that the military will soon lose jurisdiction over sexual assault cases. Um, but prior to this, the military wanted to show that you should not take this away from them because they will get convictions when civilians cannot, uh, including, again, there was a letter from a vice chairman of the Joint Chiefs who wrote a letter to Congress bragging because he said, look, we're achieving convictions in cases where civilian prosecutors refuse to go forward. Now, again, no one asked the question, how? How are you getting, right? In Sam's case, hey, you didn't let them hear the evidence. Okay, no one asked how. And so the military is writing these letters showing that they're getting convictions when civilians can't, right? Or they refuse to go forward in an attempt, I believe, to keep the authority to handle these cases. Um, But in in that attempt to show progress, to show effort, to show results, they basically, uh, they changed the system. I tell people this who like sports. I said, imagine a scenario where the sports league picks in advance who they want to win, right? I want you to think about that for a second. They, they imagine who they want to win and then they do everything possible to get that outcome. You know, you watch a sporting event and there are always bad calls, right? But imagine if the bad calls were on purpose so you could get a team to win that you wanted to win. And that's what happened, Tabitha. Mm -hmm. So Ashley, being on the such vulnerable and personal level of going through this in your own life for listeners, what, because 
being a, being a partner, being a spouse and having this happen to me, I wouldn't even know where to start. Um, not only are you having to defend your partner, but you're up against the military, which for so many people, it's autom- it's almost this automatic feeling of like, no matter what I do, they're going to find a way to come on top. They're going to find a way to win. So as a mother and as a, as a spouse, in that moment when this occurred, what did you like, what did you do first? If there's a listener possibly that's out there right now that may be going through what you're going through, what advice would you give them in that moment? Like, what did you first, like, how did you reach out to people? Who did you connect with in your community? Like, what was like that first automatic fight or flight response of to not only support your partner, but also like create almost this connective community to help him in return? So I actually wasn't going to say anything. I I had to think for a while how I was going to deal with it. Um, I thought about saying he was deployed. I thought about, you know, all kinds of stuff. But eventually I was like, that, that just makes it look worse. I'm not going to lie. I don't, I know he didn't do what he is in prison for. And so rather than keep quiet, I... I made like a what I thought was going to be kind of a silly TikTok channel, but that's where Arvis found me. And I made it in hopes that somebody who could help us would see it or that families in the same situation would see it because as much support as I have, it, people don't really understand unless they're also in the situation. And I've made a lot of good connections. I don't, I, I was kind of embarrassed at first. Nobody wants to say your partner is in prison. And then, I mean, that was, it's not his fault. He didn't, he was caught up with someone who did some very bad things to him. And there's, that's nothing to be embarrassed about. We've all been in bad relationships and I believe with all my heart and soul, he is not guilty of what he's in prison for. So I'm not going to hide it. Oh, I think a lot of people probably think, you know, of course she's defending him, that's his wife. But I was in there for the entire trial. It was seven days long. I was in there for every second. Um, obviously she played all of the worst of the worst. So I heard it all and I still, baffled but that they found him guilty so you know this isn't me blindly believing anything he's told me I've, I've seen it all I've seen hours and hours of more stuff that wasn't in court very empowering kind of to talk about it um just to feel like I'm doing something because it's a very hopeless and very helpless feeling And talking about it and meeting people in the same situation has really helped me. Uh, Just if I can talk to someone else and make them feel better, anything I can do is helping me a lot. And I know it's helping him in there to know that I'm out here and people are out here that actually care. Hopefully I'll continue to make connections. I've met a lot of great people so far. And that's why I continue to do episodes with this topic and discussing, like I said in the beginning, this 
it's just something that people know is occurring, but they don't want to talk about. They don't want to kind of dive into a situation because I'm very, I'm very proud to have you on today. Not only your strength, but being so open with listeners on a platform. So many people kind of laugh in regards to social media, but TikTok is something that is connecting people on topics such as this and making you not feel alone and making you understand that this is a huge issue that's just past your four walls. It's just past those that you're reaching out to, such as Arvis for the, you know, for the the company, would you care? This is something that is on the masses and it's something that's not being talked about so for listeners that may be concerned or worried or apprehensive of you know i'm not really sure if i want to tell my story like you said it's embarrassing and it's something that you're not only judged by those around you but you're judged from random strangers of well you're his partner you're his spouse this is why you are defending this person and of any person in the world that would know the accused, it's going to be the spouse. It's going to be your partner that you spend day to day, that you see the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. So of anyone that's going to be the one to defend the partner, it's going to be the spouse. And that's why we have you on today as well with Arvis. It's it's a ripple effect. And so instead of blaming, and like I said before, it's with the military, unfortunately, it's you are guilty until you prove your innocence. But not only do they convict the actual person, but they're also convicting the family with that same sense of, oh, well, the family now is guilty until proven innocent of defending and believing. And I feel like with these podcasts and with this topic, it's going to flip that hopefully with the help of all of you coming out and speaking and sharing your stories that it needs to be, you are innocent until proven guilty. And it needs to be the same of every piece of evidence is evidence not just like what Arvis said in order to get that end goal of winning, but it's justice. And that's what we're here for. It is scary with the military. They are obviously huge and who wants to go against the military, but Mm -hmm. I'm going to, because I'm going to fight for my man. (laughs) So being a mother, what does that look like in raising your children right now through having to go through this process? Like what does the day-to-day look like for you? And what advice could you give to other moms that may be having that role switched of, oh, I went from having my partner and being a military wife and being at home to now everything is on me. What, what does that look like for those that may be going through this? What advice would you give? Talk to people and don't keep it all in. Like I tried to do in the beginning. Yeah, that was my biggest problem. I spent probably the first month or so in a very deep depression. I didn't know how to talk to anyone about it because who is going to understand, who's going to believe it. People are, I, I, I don't do well with judgment. I've gotten a lot better over the past six months because I've had to, because I feel like every day is a fight to defend him Mm -hmm. and my choices as a mom. And I just feel like a broken record. If I thought he did any of this, I wouldn't be with him. I wouldn't have my kids around. I feel like I have to say that every day. And I know I don't have to, but it's exhausting and hurtful to have your motherhood 
questioned. It's exhausting. Trying to figure out what to do, not only for money, but how I can help him and trying to deal with. I had a very privileged life before. I didn't know how to even pay a bill. He handled all that. Um, It's embarrassing to say, but I mean, in our last moments together saying bye at the courthouse, he's like telling me like how to do stuff. I was like, I don't even know how to get home from here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it's sad, but I just had never had to do any of this. And now I'm just having to figure everything out. It is not something that um, you should ever feel judged for. It is not something that you should ever feel less than because of the life that you were living. It's not something that is rare for those who have not had interactions with the military, um, have not been married to someone in the military, dated someone in the military, had family or had that lifestyle. For those that are listening, I highly suggest that there is no judgment on this podcast. There's no judgment on my platform. And that's for a reason is because I have experience with military family. I also have dated those in the military. This is considered the normal. And I will repeat that for those listeners. (laughs) This lifestyle that she is speaking of, this is normal, not only in military, but now switching over to civilian life. They, in the military, men are, and women, they are trained to be protective. They are trained to have honor and courage. And that not only goes from the job, but it goes to the home. And so it's not something that you should ever be embarrassed about of, you know, well, I didn't know how to pay a bill. There's many listeners right now that are military (laughs) wives and they're probably listening, shaking their head going, yeah, you know what? I don't know how to do that either. So we have you on this platform and on this episode, because we're trying to bring awareness that when that conviction comes down for the wrongfully accused, your life has turned upside down completely. And it's something that, especially for moms, and even if it's on the opposite side, and if women are wrongfully convicted, because we're not just speaking upon one sex here, but if women are wrongfully convicted and the men have to go and in return flip the role and do everything on their own, this isn't just something that you read an article on a website. This isn't something that you go and read a petition and read about somebody's stories. These are not words that are on the internet for you to access and then go on about your life. These are lives. These are situations that are affecting the spouses, that are affecting the children. Um, And that's why we're on here today. So Arvis, with this situation, and especially with Sam's story, how can people go not only and read about his situation, but how can we make a difference? Uh, thank you, Tabitha, for that. And, and again, thank you, Ashley, for, for sharing. You can go to our website, www.wouldyou.care. And on that site, you can read some stories. Uh, and what happens is the stories empower people to come forward with their own stories. And from that site, you have links to our petition. You can sign our petition, share our petition, go to social media, Facebook, and look up Would You Care and Instagram. And the idea is this, is that by sharing the petition and signing it as far and as wide and getting media attention, it puts the military in a situation where they have to address it. And it's if you think about anything in history, right, is 
it takes the actions of a few to move the mountains of the many. You have to have people that show concern. You have to have people who care to then have them go, okay, since people care, we'll take care of this. And so that's what we, we, we ask you to do. We beg you to do if you can, because we're asking for independent reviews. In fact, we, we have people that we've contacted outside of the military space who've done this type of thing before. They've done independent reviews because politicians typically do not want to be seen as soft on crime, they call it. And so they're hesitant to get engaged. But independent reviews, they look at the evidence, they look at the context, and they're able to make a better decision. And so that, that's what we're saying. And going back to Ashley's point about embarrassment, we have people, Tabitha, who had DNA evidence to prove that they didn't do it. Now, I want you to think about that. We've watched the shows, Law and Order, Criminal SBU, all that stuff. And the, and the, the, the uh, forensics is used to convict the person. The DNA is used. And then I said, what if I told you that they had the DNA evidence that, that exonerated them, but it wasn't used, right? Mm -hmm. And you go, wait a minute. Is that how you're getting convictions in cases that civilians won't take forward? In fact, a fact I forgot to mention in Sam's case is his ex-wife went to two different police departments to bring charges against Sam. And they both declined to go forward because they found it not credible in any way. And so every time she told her story to the next district, her third attempt was to go to the military. She added more to the story. And then when he showed evidence to show it wasn't true, she changed the story. And you're like, at what point do you go, this is bullshit. Mm -hmm. This is bullshit. At what point do you say that? And the military didn't. They went forward knowing that Sam is innocent. They went forward knowing that so many young men were innocent to prove that they could get results. And so that, that's what we ask is we ask you to give us the venue so that someone can look at the evidence. That's it. So Ashley, I really appreciate you coming on with us today and sharing your story, your family's story, because right now I can, I can not even imagine what you have gone through and what you're continuing to go through, but also you are the voice for your spouse. You are the voice for Sam and you can only speak so loud and you can only speak to so many audiences before you you're like, I'm just, I can't reach anymore. I can't go anywhere. Where else do I go next? So I am so honored to have you on this podcast episode today. And Arvis, I'm so honored to have you as well and hear what you guys are doing and connecting with people and connecting with families. And you're also creating that community so that you don't feel like you're going through this alone. Thank you. Again, thank you for talking about it and not being afraid to talk about it. I agree. Thank you so much, Tabitha, uh, for, for being a voice for those without one. It's so easy for people to pretend not to see. I will put your information as always in this episode bio. Please make sure to check out Would You Care? They are on Facebook. And yes, we got them and pushed them to get that Instagram. We are so excited. <laughs> so please make sure that you check them out. All of the petition information is in the bio. And I'm going to leave the listeners with just a little, just a little, you know, on the spot, because that's what we do here. If you had to defend something, 
would you defend the love or would you defend the uniform? And that's why we're here today. Would you defend your love or would you defend the uniform? Because in this day and age, especially with this court system, we are in the mindset of you are guilty until proven innocent. So with that, you're guilty until proven innocent. Are you going to defend the love or are you going to still continue to defend the uniform? Thank you guys so much for being on and listening to the, another episode of Little Bit of Life podcast. Make sure you interact as well with our Facebook leave your comments, leave your feedback, because not only do I see it, but the community sees it. Everyone has a voice. Let's get together and let's make some changes. Thank you so much for tuning in with me and spending your time hanging out. Hopefully you enjoyed today's podcast and a special thank you to all our sponsors. Make sure to check them out. If you have any tips or topics, feel free to email me at littlebitoflifecast at gmail.com, or you can also reach out to me on Instagram at littlecute1az. You never know if your topic will be next. Be sure to join me again for another episode of Little Bit of Life. Until next time, stay positive, stay blessed.